Hey, what's up, Celebration? How are you guys doing today? Come on, put your hands together. Let's welcome in. Welcome in all of our locations today, those of you watching on internet, and also all of you that are participating in the God First Life Network. We wanna welcome many of you churches that are doing this God First Life series with us, and we're so glad that you're all with us today. And today I'm actually in Birmingham, Alabama, preaching for my good friend Chris Hodges at Church of the Highlands. And so all of our locations here in Jacksonville, I'm coming to you via video today. I'll be back next weekend as we continue in the God First Life series, man, this is gonna be a great empowering series for you. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and take them out and I want you to go to the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. And I'm gonna begin reading in chapter six, verse 25. Chapter six, verse 25. Jesus is speaking here and in verse 25, he says, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Wow, that's a, that's a power-packed statement right there, isn't it? Just don't worry about your life. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, mm-hmm. nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? In other words, God's saying, what, what good can worry possibly do? What good could worry possibly add to your life. Jesus goes on to say in verse 28, he says, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry. Therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. Aren't you glad that our heavenly father is a good God, that he knows our needs, that he wants to provide for us? And he goes on to say, Jesus says, look, verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. In other words, worry cannot add to your life, but God can add to your life. Verse 34, Jesus says, therefore do not worry about tomorrow. So do you see the context here? What's Jesus saying? Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. He's really pressing the issue here of followers of Christ not worrying about their day-to-day lives. He goes on to say, therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I wanna kick off this first message of our series, The God First Life, and I wanna talk about your life God's way and what it practically means to really put God first. And I've entitled this message, Turn Your Worry Into Worship. Turn Your Worry Into Worship. Let's pray. Father, We thank you that you are a good 
Heavenly Father, that you love us. God, that we are so valuable to you. Lord, that you know our needs. God, help us to understand how to truly put you first and walk in the blessed life that you've called us to walk in. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen. Now, some of you kind of know my story and my testimony. And, uh, you know, I grew up in Louisiana and uh, I went to Louisiana State University. And like a lot of kids growing up, uh, our home, although we were Christian, we weren't really a, a God-centered home at that time. And I quickly, you man, got out and got into trouble. And I really got into the party lifestyle and started living all kind of wild and crazy. And, and then I went to to LSU. And, and when I went to LSU, though, I did make a couple of really good decisions, some really wise choices. The first really good decision that I made was I chose to join the wildest fraternity on campus. Yes. How many of you have seen that movie, Animal House? You know what I'm talking about? You know, I know, yeah, right. So we're in the church, you know, so we kind of do like a half hand raise, like, you know, I saw the edited version. No, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. The, 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 that, that was the fraternity I joined. It was like Animal House. And then I compounded that wise choice with another really wise choice. I chose to work at the wildest bar on campus. All right. I'm going places. And they, they hired me as a bouncer. What, what y'all laughing at? Let me tell you something. I might not have it going on now, but back in the day, I had, I had it going on. You hear me? I got pictures. But anyway, I, I did. So I was in this fraternity and I was, I was working in this bar as a bouncer, but I did. I had hopes, dreams, aspirations, you might say, because I wanted to go from being a bouncer to being a bartender. Yes, that was me. You might remember another movie way back in the early 90s. It was called Cocktail with Tom Cruise and he flipped the bottles and all that and being a lazy man, a ladies man. Uh, that would have ended up being a lazy man too, you know, but he was also, he was this ladies man. That was my dream. That was my goal. That's what I aspire to be. I'm so glad that God had a different dream for my life and a different goal for my life. And right in the middle of all that craziness, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. I had people that were praying for me and I just wanna encourage all of you that have loved ones that on the outside, man, they're living crazy. And on the outside, they seem so far from Jesus. I, don't want, I wanna encourage you to keep praying for them and keep believing for them because no matter how it looks on the outside, God is doing on the inside and you keep standing in faith for them. And come on, they're gonna, they're gonna come into a relationship with Jesus. They are, and so, so you know, I, I gave my life to Jesus, man, and it was just totally, totally changed, radically changed, and, and things were so exciting. I had a lot of questions and, and things like that, and I remember the, the Bible was so exciting, and, and it, it was so alive to me now, and I can remember for the first time, like, reading in the Bible about how Jesus was coming back, you know, and no man knows the day or, or the hour. And, 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 you know, Jesus could come back at any time. And so, you know, I, I was in LSU. I was right in the middle of my college career. You know, I was about on that third or fourth year. <laughs> I mean, come on, why, why rush it? Look, look, I wasn't on that four-year plan. Come on, I was on like that six, seven, seven and a half-year plan. Know what I'm saying? Just enjoying myself. But right in the middle of my college experience, man, I gave my life to Jesus. I started reading the Bible. I saw that, that Jesus, man, he could come back anytime. So I started thinking about the subjects that, that I didn't want to take but were required for my major. 
And one of the subjects that was required for my major, but that I did not want to take and I'd been putting off was, was algebra, college algebra. So I thought, okay, great. Maybe Jesus will come back soon before I finish college. So I'm going to put college algebra to, I'm going to postpone that to my very last semester. And maybe Jesus will come back and rescue me from college algebra. And so of course, you know, Jesus didn't come back, but lo and behold, and right before the, my last semester at LSU, uh, the, my, my major, the department came out and said, hey, no longer, if you're majoring in this subject, no longer do you have to take college algebra as a requirement, but we have a substitute course that you can take. It's called consumer math. <laughs> consumer math. There are four houses on the street. The mailman delivers three pieces of mail to each house. How many pieces of mail did the mailman deliver? Yes. I aced that class, you hear me? I aced that class. I aced consumer math. But you know, in life, I think people also have a type of consumer math and it kind of goes like this. It goes, you know, the, the, the right career plus lots of money plus the right husband or wife or, or the right girlfriend or boyfriend minus pain and suffering minus lots of problems equals a happy life. We kind of have our own consumer math as to what we think a happy life consists of. And the reason that we think that is what Jesus was speaking to here in Matthew chapter six. This is what he was telling these people. He's like, look, you're, you're thinking about this. You're, th you're thinking about, in fact, in some translations, it says your thoughts are dominated by you thinking about all these things that you need or you think you need to make you secure and happy. And most people, if when it comes, if you ask them, okay, what, what would make your life happier? They would begin to list needs. They think that the lack or dysfunction or unhappiness in their life is, is a result of unmet needs. They think that happiness in life is, is directly related to an issue of need. That's what Jesus was speaking to. You know, you're looking for this, you're looking for that, you're trying to get this need met, you're trying to get that need met, you're worrying about this. People think that happiness in life is an issue of need. But true happiness and true fulfillment in life is not an issue of need, it's an issue of order. If you will get God's divine order right for your life, all of your needs will be met. And so many people, like the people that Jesus was speaking to here in Matthew chapter six, they think that happiness in life is about more of this, more of that, I need more money, or, or a better this, a better that, I need a better home, I need a better, uh, you know, things going on with my spouse, or I need a greater this. They think that happiness in life is about more, better, or greater. And I'm telling you that happiness in life is about order. It is about order. And where order is restored, blessing is released. God has designed blessing as a natural byproduct 
of when you have the right divine order in your life. And that's why here at Celebration and for many of our God First Life Network churches, we have Matthew 6, as our mission statement to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything that you need will be added unto you. Where order is restored, blessing is released. And when you lead people to experience a God first life, all the other components of their life lines up. Listen, it's your life, but I challenge you to do it God's way. And the way that you truly do it God's way is to truly put God first in your life. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? Where order is restored, blessing is released. And all true happiness and function is predicated on that divine order, we could go from Genesis to Revelation and I can show you what happened. Everything was blessed for Adam and Eve. What happened? Order was disrupted. When they ate of the, of the forbidden fruit, blessing was lost. Then I could take you through all the different covenants when God is reestablishing order. What happens when he reestablishes uh, 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 order? There's, there's restoration. Blessing is restored. I could take you all the way to the book of Revelations. When Jesus, after his millennial reign, he restores the kingdom back to the Father. When order is restored, blessing is released. And so much of our, of our Christian walk, we talk about restoration, being restored. Well, see, being restored and walking in restoration, that's not just something that we say, that's something that we actually have the opportunity to do on a day-to-day basis. And that's what the God First Life is all about. So I want you to look at that scripture one more time in Matthew six thirty-three, And I wanna unpack this hopefully in a fresh way, and you can kind of see it afresh for the first time. And we're gonna learn how to turn our worry into worship and truly put God first in our lives. Look at the first part of this verse in Matthew six thirty three. It says, seek first the kingdom of God. Everybody say, seek first. So this is very interesting. First of all, Jesus is saying, He's not saying don't seek all the other things. He's just telling us what to seek first. A lot of times people look at this first and they think, okay, I shouldn't seek after these other things at all. Jesus is saying no. He obviously knows that, yeah, we've got to seek security and clothing and all these different types of things. But he's saying it's, it's about what you seek first. And he says, seek first the kingdom of God. So here's what Jesus is telling us. Look. You're spending all this energy worrying about all these things. I just need you to take that energy that you're already spending and I need you to redirect it towards me. You see, the first step in a God first life, the first step in turning your worry into worship is you have to redirect your energy. You have to redirect your energy. A lot of people think, okay, I'm serving God now, so I've, I've like got to, you know, I'm adding God and I've got to add more energy to God. No, here's what, here's what God's saying. Listen, you're already spending so much energy on things that aren't giving you anything back. God's saying, look, I just need you to take the energy that you're already spending on that stuff that's not giving you anything back and I need you to redirect your energy towards me. And here's the thing, the energy that we spend on worry, that is a total loss. It's energy lost. What worries does, it saps our strength for today and it saps the hope that we have for tomorrow. 
That's all worry does. Worry is a total energy drain. It is a total energy loss. It will not give you anything back, but worship is energy invested. And it's energy invested invested with the highest level of return. Come on, we all spend so much energy. Yeah, you can give God a hand for that. Think, Think about the energy we spend every day just worrying about anything, everything, just thinking about stuff. I mean, just we, we already spend so much energy. Just think if we could redirect, redirect just some of that energy in worshiping and trusting God. It's so easy to worry about anything and everything. I, I promise you, just last night, I was standing in the mirror, just admiring my, this form of masculinity. <laughs> Then I haven't, I noticed there was this kind of brown spot on my rib cage, just like this brown spot. I'm not kidding. The first thing I thought, I thought, skin cancer. I mean, no, it's, it's, it's not a freckle. It's not a rash. It's not, I mean, the first thing I thought, skin cancer. Isn't it just amazing how our mind, it's a headache, brain tumor, spot on our skin, skin cancer. You know, feel a little bit nauseous after wherever I ate lunch, Ebola virus. Isn't it funny? That's how the human mind works. And we just start thinking. We just start, we start spending energy. We think about things that we don't even need to be thinking about. Just energy, 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 energy. And guess what? That's not giving us anything back. It's a total loss. And what Jesus is saying here, he's, he's saying, look, when you give energy to worship, it is a return at the highest level. Why? Because when we turn our worry into worship, now all of a sudden we get a return from the power of the most high God. We turn our worry into worship. Now all of a sudden it's worship. And the Bible says that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Come on, how many of you want the presence of God? Every single day. See, I'm not just talking about the act of worship. I'm talking about a lifestyle of worship that where God is first. This is the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. So we have the presence of God. And then where the presence of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's freedom. God wants you free from worry. He wants you to have peace on the inside of your heart. Where the presence of the Lord is, there is uh, love, joy, peace, righteousness. All those fruits of the Spirit are a byproduct. We need the joy of the Lord. You know why so many people are walking around fatigued and exhausted and depressed and tired? is because they don't have the joy of the Lord and the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm telling you, worry will, stri- worry will sap your strength. But when we worship, we get strength back. So I wanna encourage you, the first step to living a God first life, the first practical step of putting God first, it's turning your worry into worship. And I have what I call, there's a lot of practical God first scriptures, how you do that. Let's say that you're worrying about your family or you know something happened to someone you love and they're in a bad situation or they're hurting or something. A great God first scripture is Romans uh, 8, 28. It says this, it says, I know that in all things, all things, God will work all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. 
So when I start to worry about something that's going on with a, a loved one, a, a, a friend, you know, maybe it's in your business or whatever it is, it's just something that you're concerned about and that concern is starting to turn into worry. Man, I bring Romans 8:28 into the picture. God, no matter what this thing is, Lord, I know you're gonna use it for your good. Lord, I know you're gonna use it to draw that person closer to you. God, I know that you are gonna use this. Listen, uh, something bad might be there and that bad might be there for a while, but you know what? God is gonna turn that bad for good. He's gonna use this situation. He's gonna use all things to bring people closer to him and to work his will. Come on, will you put your hands together if you believe in Romans eight twenty eight, man. Turn your worry into worship. Look at the next part of that verse. So we're gonna redirect our energy and then look what it says. It says, seek first the kingdom of God. Then it says, seek his righteousness. Everybody say, seek his righteousness. Okay, that word righteousness there, it means God's right character or path. Or in other words, God's right way of doing things. There's, there's, there's a way of things that are in alignment with his character, God's righteousness, his right way of doing things. And that word seek is real interesting. In the Greek, it actually means to thoroughly search to a binding agreement. To thoroughly search to a binding agreement. So here's what that means. When I surrender my life to Christ, I start to truly worship God. I'm putting God first. Here's what that means. It means I'm gonna thoroughly search in God's word I'm gonna thoroughly search his righteousness, his right way of doing things. And now that I'm in God's family and his family is my primary family of how I construct my core of who I am, I'm now gonna construct the way I do these things, the way that I live. I'm gonna construct those things on the inside according to the principles and values of the Bible. And I'm gonna live life from the inside out. I'm not gonna be driven by external culture, by external pressures, by things that are contrary to God's word. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna come, as that word seek says, I'm gonna come to a binding agreement about who I am in Christ and about how I'm supposed to live. Here's what that means, binding agreement. That means I'm gonna make a one-time decision that Jesus is my Lord and that I'm gonna live according to God's ways. I'm gonna make that decision one time. I'm not gonna redecide it again. I'm gonna make that decision one time. And then I'm just gonna manage it for the rest of my life. So many people are back and forth in their relationship with God and up and down spiritually. You know why? Because they're constantly redeciding, 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 redeciding. Should I come to church today? Should I give today? Should I serve? Should I join a group? Should I tell the truth here? Should, how should I act towards this? They're constantly redeciding, redeciding, redeciding according to culture, circumstance, convenience, or whatever the case is. That is not the God first life. That is not putting God first. When we put God first, we make a one-time decision. It is a binding agreement that God is first. I'm gonna live out these God-first principles. I'm gonna internalize them. They're gonna be values of who I am, my identity in Christ. And I'm gonna live life from the inside out. Live life from the inside out. And here at Celebration, you know, we talk about, and in a lot of our God-first life network Churches, we, we have five streams where we help people experience the God first life. And in all of those streams, we really encourage people, look, don't redecide 
Uh, you know, for, for example, our five streams are worship, equipping, community, serving, and outreach. Okay, so look, don't redecide if you're going to be a worshiper. Make that decision one time. It's, it's, make, make it a binding agreement. I'm a worshiper, and now I'm going to just manage that decision for the rest of my life. Here's what that means, not just the act of worship, but also a lifestyle of worship. Here's what that means. I'm going to worship in God's house. I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. I'm not going to wake up every Sunday morning and redecide if I'm going to come to church or not. How many of you are following me on this? Well, you know, according to the weather, according to when the football team plays, according to how I feel. No, I'm making a one-time decision. I'm living life from the inside out. I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. It's the same thing when we put God first in our finances. Or we, I'm not going to redecide whether to tithe or not based upon my job or how much money I have or you know what things I want to buy or what things I want to save up for. No, I'm not, I'm not redeciding these things. That's not living from the inside out. That's living from the outside in. I'm going to make a one-time decision. You know what? I'm going to worship God in the area of my finances. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. I'm going to be a true worshiper. Now listen, are, 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 are we always perfect in all those things? No. However, you, you know, you missing church or whatever, that's, that's the exception. That's not the rule. Come on, how many of you will make that one-time decision to be managed for the rest of your life to be a true worshiper of God? Come on, will you put your hands together for that? I make that decision one time. I'm going to be equipped. I'm going to do personal devo. I'm going to get into the word of God. And I'm going to, I'm going to orchestrate my core, my identity in Christ according to the values of, of God's word. God loves me. I'm not going to walk in condemnation. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, feed myself with the scriptures. I'm going to get equipped. We have tons of equipping classes uh, for you here and at all of our God First Life Network churches uh, that'll really help you get equipped in God's word, understanding who you are in Christ and how much God loves you. I'm gonna get in community. I wanna encourage many of you uh, today, you know, our, our community groups, our God First Life message-based groups are starting this week. You're gonna hear things in those groups that I'm not even getting to in today's message. They're gonna be awesome. They're gonna, they're gonna be amazing. You need to decide, I'm gonna be a person of, 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 of community. I understand how important that is to seeing God's will in my life. I'm gonna be a person who serves. I'm gonna be a, a person that, that values others, that serves the poor, that, that spreads the gospel through outreach. These are, these are one-time decisions that we make. We make them one time and then we manage them for the rest of our lives. And this is the key. Listen, this is the key to uncomplicating your life. Do you know why so many people have a complicated life? In fact, the very word anxiety, what worry leads to is anxiety. And the Bible says, don't be anxious for anything. Anxiety actually means uh, two minds, dual or double-minded. It means, you know, one mind's wanting to do this, but you have this other thing that, that's wanting to do this. It, it complicates your life. It produces, it produces anxiety, a double-mindedness. The Bible tells us not to be double-minded. How do we solve that? We put God first and we settle the issue. Once and for all, we settle the issue that we are gonna put God first. We're gonna live life from the inside out and we're gonna establish our identity. This is who I am. These things are not just what I do. It's who I am. It's who I am in Christ. So we redirect our energy. We establish our identity. And then look at the last thing. And this is the good part. 
The Bible says, and all these things will be given unto you or all these things will be added unto you. Now you can enjoy your freedom. Enjoy your freedom. When you turn your worry into worship, when you redirect your energy, when you establish your identity, now God and and who you are in Christ, now God is first and now all the things can be added unto you and you can really enjoy freedom how God meant for you to enjoy freedom. What's freedom all about? Listen, freedom is all about security. Freedom is, is, here's the awesome thing. Now God can add to you all those things, but as God adds to you all those things, you have those things and those things don't have you. Now God can give you things without you being consumed by those things because you know that those things really can't give you anything back that only God can give you back what you need. Only God can give you back life. Only God can give you back peace. And that's why all the things in life, all the blessings in life, all the stuff in life, all those are supposed to be byproducts of a divine order where God is First, when order is restored, blessing is released. And I'm telling you, when God is truly first and you're truly walking a God first life, all of the things, all of the stuff that you want, God, he wants to bless you. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He just wants you to know what to seek first, not the stuff, but him. Redirect your energy establish your identity and enjoy your freedom. Father, we thank you for your word. God, I pray today that everyone under the sound of my voice, that they would truly put into practice Matthew 6, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything that we need will be added unto us. God, help us to truly understand that a happy, fulfilled, content life, a blessed life is not about getting more or better or greater. It is about order. Where order is restored, blessing is released. Jesus, we just make that one-time decision to put you first and live life from the inside out. And we give you all the thanks and all the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together for God. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our prayer is that it will help you to live a God-first life. For more information about Celebration Church and other available resources, please visit our website at www.celebration.org.